Hey there, folks. Welcome to the Segment Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Hill. And hey, if you found this podcast, that means you may have been familiar with the YouTube channel, The Segment. Well, over there, it's all videos and action-packed. Over here, it's taking the guests off of that show and bringing them onto the podcast so we can take a deeper dive into their mindset. Really trying to figure out what makes them tick. Why are they going from the ordinary and moving towards the extraordinary? So, hey, thank you so much for tuning into the podcast, and I hope you enjoy the show, and welcome to the Segment Podcast. It's showtime. And we're live. And we're live, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Alan, hey, thanks again for being on today on the segment. I really appreciate it. And we were talking just back here in the in the green room, as as they say, <laughs> uh, about a lot of things we have in common. So uh, I'm really excited to have you on, and I appreciate you being here. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Thanks for like reaching out. Uh, uh, I hadn't heard of you, and then you you reached out, and I immediately when I saw your any of your stuff, I was like, I had a really good feeling about you. So like, I was like happy to come on. Uh, thank you. Yeah, one of the things we were just talking about uh, that we have in common, we were just talking about the Stoke. And I know um, for your channel and what you bring to the community is taking that Stoke that we all feel out there on the trails and bringing it to life. And you definitely do that in, in the channels. It really comes across. And I think that's why, I mean, for me, I, I'm a subscriber. I like all the videos, but I think that's one of the big reasons why you're growing so fast mm-hmm. is because you actually can capture that Stoke. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for thanks for uh, stating it that way. I I guess like I come from a background of having done some amount of like not exactly film production, but like minor like like documenting stuff. Um, I used to film interviews and then edit those. So a lot of the times that that was kind of a, a practice that I had was to capture stuff with a camera but also be paying attention to the atmosphere and the feeling of that place. Um, so that when I got back into the editing bay, I was always just trying to work to like make an edit that that conveyed that as, as much as possible. So I guess I kind of had practiced that. So once I started mountain biking, carrying a GoPro, it just kind of happened. That's awesome. You know, one of the episodes that really, to me, defines the essence of that is when you guys got the keys. It was, I believe it was you and Tony from the Outsider channel. Yeah, you guys got the keys to Sky Park before it opened, (laughs) and I was watching the video and the way you guys had captured that. My heart was racing when you were just going through the village. You know, I felt like I was there with you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know the that's funny because uh, I don't want to. I shouldn't. I shouldn't ruin it for you, but like that. The irony is, is that day was like it was a ton of work because. We weren't, we actually only did like maybe four actual runs that day um, because we were often stopping and like all those like third person shots. You normally can't get that. Uh, A, you can't really get that at Sky Park because they don't really let you session there. And then normally when I'm riding, we're just, we're just riding, you know? Um, So to get all the third person shots was like really rad to do. And we had a good time doing it, but it was a lot of like go film. Oh, I didn't get the, I didn't quite clear that jump so let's i gotta push back up the thing and let's do it again <laughs> I'm serious. like uh, neverland usually takes me like about 90 seconds to do and it took us like two and a half hours i think to do. 
but, uh, uh, yeah. but I mean, we still had a really good time. We had, we had a lot of stoke that day, but I remember like the end of that day, we were both like beat. And then I like, I remember like looking at my Strava and I was like, I think we did like four runs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It does take a lot to, you know, put content together and get all those shots. And, you know, when you're in the editing room, it takes hours to stitch it all together. Mm -hmm. And uh, you don't get to see all the behind the scenes stuff on how long some of that stuff took. Yeah. So, uh, but the, but the final product is awesome. And I think one of my favorite quotes on that is uh, I think it was Neverland. You said, when I get there, I can't wait to go off that, that first jump and case the crap out of it. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. Oh, that's the best. Yeah. It's, um, it, it, that's funny because it's like, it's kind of that right there to me kind of encapsulates uh, how I look at things like success, right? Um, like, cause I, I know that's really what this, what your channel is, it has started out to be about, right? That the segments right. of life and your success in that. And I think for me, the philosophy is that, well, I think a lot of the times we can mistake winning for success. Mm. So let me unpack that a little bit. Like for me, winning is like in that moment, right? Uh, it's, it's going to a, to a race and getting on the podium. It's, it's that thing. And it's like momentary. Whereas I feel like success is something that you build over time. Something that just yeah. kind of like stays with you, if that makes sense. It does. So like casing that first jump is like not winning, you know, but being successful is like being okay with it, laughing about it and being like, there's a whole bunch of more jumps down this trail and I'm not going to let that one not win that one fail you know like mess me up on all these other opportunities uh for like uh for the rest of the trail yeah yeah no that's absolutely a, an awesome mindset to have you know you're right success definitely isn't an overnight thing and um a lot of the folks that are successful quote unquote successful um there are so many failures along the way and and they're not failures in the sense that they 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 stopped they they quit you know, there are just learning steps mm -hmm. to, to get to the next level. In fact, um, as an example, when I did go to Sky Park after watching your video, I purposefully took that jump. I mean, not even knowing if I was going to case it or make it. And when I cased it, I felt good. Like, okay, I feel like the next time I'm around here, I'm going to be able to clear that, you know, yeah. so it was definitely a stepping stone. Totally. Totally. Um, but Alan, for, for folks who are, um, tuning in we got a couple guys here that are uh looks like they're saying hi and what's up so hey guys hey. <laughs> thanks for joining we got edwin on and a group of writers called trail dogs mtb hey, they're on right now <laughs> it's uh alan with mtb and then uh alan take us back a little bit if you don't mind taking us back to the beginning of the journey because where you are today you know folks like like me who are just trying to start all these different platforms look up mm -hmm. to guys like you and you're doing so many great things and I uh, want to emulate that. But uh, take us back to maybe the beginning. How did you even get into mountain biking and the trail that it took you on to today? Okay. Did you want me to talk specifically just about mountain biking or mountain biking and YouTubing is like together? Oh, that would be awesome if we could do both. Sure. Yes. Okay, cool. Um, so actually like, before we got on air, we were talking about some of those, some of the aspects of like where we are and where, you know, what we've done in our lives and how there's often these 
aspects in our lives that we'd have no control over. And to some degree, we're just kind of fortunate or lucky or however you want to put it uh, to have these things come into our lives. And so um, I work at a software company and a guy started working there and just seemed really cool. Uh, he and I got along pretty well, like right away. Um, and he is, is an avid mountain biker. And I was, we were just kind of talking and I was talking to him about how, you know, man, I used to, I used to go hiking all the time and, and I loved being in the outdoors and I just, you know, really have kind of let that fall away. And he was like, you know, mountain biking is a really good way to get outdoors. And the nice thing is it's a lot nicer than hiking because you can get out a lot faster <laughs> and, and downhills or coasting, you know, things like that. <laughs> so he sold me on it. And that's, that's how I got into mountain biking. I don't, I don't really know if I would have gotten into mountain biking otherwise. Um, wow. Yeah. And, and like, it just, it happened to be that he hired on, he sat near me and we just happened to get along. Um, and that's what got me into mountain biking. Wow. Yeah. Do you remember that first? Do you remember what that first bike was by chance? Oh yeah, for sure. It was a uh, it was a specialized rock hopper. It was like a I want to say it was like a maybe mid two thousands. It was an older thing, twenty nine er. So you know, if you don't know what that is, it's it's a hardtail XC bike. You know, and I, the the joke I always make is like it was really good at uh, OTBs. Like that was its favorite, <laughs> that was its favorite move. I went over the bars on that thing so many times. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. That's funny. Wow. What what chance? I mean, what are the chances that somebody would come in and uh, kind of influence you to get into a sport like that? And I know as we're talking about this, there are, there are so many people that were in the same boat. They they used to do something and, you know, after college, they get into the work routine, maybe they get into the family routine and some of those things just kind of dissipate, but mm -hmm. it was great that you had somebody to kind of nudge you along yeah. and, and get you down this healthy uh, lifestyle. Um, you know, what's great about recently with the pandemic, I feel like there's a lot more people out there um, really trying to be healthy on the trails, um, getting yeah. bikes which is awesome. Yeah, I, it's, I think it's, it, it might be good for the sport. Um, I, I hope it's good for the sport. Um, just more people getting into it and a little bit more diversity. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's cool. Uh, we'll see what happens like as things like clear up a little bit. Um, but yeah, it's also kind of weird though, because like, you know, things will get shut down. Um, like right now, like the snow summits shut down until like the 20th. At least that's their forecast. Holy cow. Is that yeah. from the fires and everything or? It's from uh, the chance of fire, from the Ooh. fire risk. The fire risk is so high right now that like national forests are just like shutting down. Um, so uh, snow summit being part of that, you know. Ooh. So, you know, nobody go to Sky Park. Yes. <laughs> terrible place. <laughs> yeah, it's terrible. Don't go to Skyport in, instead. It's a terrible up there. Um, but yeah, like after he got me started, like uh, it was funny because I, I kind of misunderstood what kind of mountain biker I am at, at that point, you know, because I just saw it as like an alternative to hiking. And um, at one point, like he encouraged me to race. He said, you know, hey, it's racing's really cool because it, connects you with the community a little bit more. There was an enduro race at Vail. 
sure you all know about the Vail races. And so I went to uh, Vail SoCal Enduro and entered into an Enduro race with my oh. 29er XCR. Holy cow. And just like tumbled, tumbled <laughs> down the mountain. I went up there like a, uh, like a year or two later and I was like, how the hell did I ride this <laughs> stuff? You know, like the top, the Enduro top. Like I remember like, I don't know how I rode that stuff on that bike. <laughs> Actually, I know how I did. I went over the bars. I straight <laughs> like in the first section, just over the bars. Speed speed all over. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I podiumed. Actually, I, I podiumed that day. Uh, uh, it was a hardtail class. Let me be clear about that. And uh, but then I, at that point, I met like a couple of people. And at that point, I really fell fully in love, uh, literally head over heels in love with uh, mountain biking. And I think that's when I really started to realize what kind of mountain biker I am. Um, just I a lot more into the adrenaline, into like sending it down chunky stuff and jumps and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that was a, that was a huge turning point for me. Do you think it was the, the community mixed with the stoke of the mountain biking that, that oh, yeah. really pulled you in? hundred percent. Um, yeah. the, the guy, the guy that went, that's so funny. It's another kind of just random thing. Uh, the, the guy in the hardtail class that just happened to go in front of me, um, ended up, is is still like a good friend of mine he's actually wow. in kansas now and we like we haven't seen each other face to face or ridden together for years but we still stay in contact because we you know we were part of this thing you know we we survived i remember like <laughs> day one you know everybody nobody's talking you know <laughs> you know you're just waiting to get into the start gate but then we get to the bottom of the thing, you know, and then we're like talking, we're like, Oh my God. And I crashed. And, and then, you know, we were sharing food, you know, you know, he had some pineapple slices and I had something else and, you know, it was just like, and then we were pedaling up together. And then, and that, that's really just has been mountain biking to me ever since. Wow. That's awesome. You know, that, um, this definitely a community, the mountain bike community is something that I've experienced and I, I'm, considering I'm myself a new rider. Mm. Um, I went up to the top of the trails up here close to where I live. And the first time I went out, I got a flat tire <laughs> and I, and I'm like, man, I don't know if this is the, the sport for me. It was hot. And, mm. uh, but every single mountain biker that came by me stopped, asked me if I was okay. Um, a couple guys even pulled out their, their packs to see if they had a tube that would fit mm -hmm. my, my tire. It was, um, I, I never experienced that in, in surfing, um, to that extent, you mm -hmm. know, it felt like a, almost, it just felt like a brotherhood. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I, I like that about it for sure. That like, we're all kind of out there together, helping each other out and, and, but, you know, and also like, because the trails need maintenance as well like that aspect of it too of like all that that you know we all want to give back to the community we all we all want to be like self-sustaining and i think that's that's really cool it, there's this, there's a lot of concept of like you don't just take from this community you give to this community and i and i guess that's kind of like we were talking earlier about like all the new mountain bikers coming into the community i think that's mm -hmm. kind of the only thing that i get a little bit like skittish about is like mm -hmm. Cause when I came into it, you know, like I was introduced from my buddy, Matt and he, he had that about him. And so I like took that as part of the community, you know, and just took that forward and then found that a lot of other people had that, you know, 
sense in the mountain biking community. But when there's oftentimes when there's an influx of a lot of people, they don't always have those influencers around them. So yeah. Mm, yeah, to kind of share that culture with yeah. them as they're getting up and going. Yeah, um, yeah I think I've our culture's I think our culture's strong enough to like, in you know, influence a lot of people. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. You know, I I don't know how you you feel when you see them, but I I'll be on top of a trail and I'll see a trail builder with their pack and their shovel and everything, and it's just like, whoa, thank you, yeah. <laughs> you guys are so rad. Totally. totally. <laughs> Like you know, one, one thing I say to people, though, and, and uh, the most underappreciated, but one of the most effective and easy and simple uh, things that you can do to help maintain your trails that anybody can do is clear brush. Mm. Like everybody wants to like we think about trail maintenance and we think shovels and rakes and moving dirt. Um, more often than not, the, the thing that really needs to be done is is clearing brush. And that's the kind of thing you can carry like just hand clippers in your pack mm. and just like you just spend like 15 minutes clearing one segment of the trail. Mm. Um, and that's the, it's the, the thing is, is it's kind of invisible. You only notice it when people don't do it. You know, like if you ride Greer, you, you know, you may not realize that a lot of times those climbing trails, if people aren't clearing those, like it's, you're having to push like you're getting like hit by them a lot. You know, so like it's it's invisible. It's 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 kind of a thankless job, but it's actually one that like if you know, once you've cleared brush, you understand, and then you appreciate you you can tell when other people have cleared brush. <laughs> but yeah. the reason I suggest everybody do it is because you can't mess up the trail. Mm. Like when if if you don't know what you're doing with a shovel, you can mess up the trail. You know. Anyway, yeah, I know that's that's a good tip. That's a good tip, and. <clears throat> Also, you had some really good tips one, on one of your latest videos that came out as well, uh, just for mountain bikers. So the five uh, easy tips to kind of. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that was good too. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Trail Dogs MTB says hold a trail crew. Looks like they must do some of that. Uh, yeah. We got Isaiah Bernstein. He says loving this live. When I was just starting, I would watch good videos. Um, another one back here, Edwin. Edwin Granado says, let's all ride together. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Loving it. But so I think that I sorry, go ahead. No, no, go for it, Dale. I I was I didn't mean to, but like uh, when I was thinking about like clearing brush and the kind of like that's invisible work, it's it kind of brought me back to what we were talking about beforehand, which was like, you know, building success and how so much of what we do you know, if, if I can connect it to like making a, a mildly successful YouTube channel and becoming a somewhat okay mountain biker, a lot of what goes into that is just really invisible. Um, you know, I've had people that'll be like, hey, you know, help me out, help me make my channel bigger, or I want to have what you have. And like, I always say, like, if you if you want what somebody else has, Look at what they did and do that. Mm -hmm. And that can be really, um, it can be unattractive to a lot of people because what that person did, what we do is, is a day-to-day -day thing. It's, it's a little thing. Mm -hmm. Like one example is um, when I make my videos, I will have sometimes 100, 200 clips, yes. right, that, that come back from a day of writing. And I go through every single clip and I watch the majority of them. And then I make a note on that clip. 
Mm. Not dramatic, not fun. Uh, uh, what's not romantic, right? Not glamorous. That's the word I'm looking for. Mm -hmm. Very unglamorous work. But by doing that, it allows me to see like what content I have and allows me to review that day and view that day from a point of view that's like outside of me just being there. And that's the first step I take to making any video, right? But you never see that in the end product. Right. But if I don't do that, I don't know what's there. I don't know what gems are there. I don't know, you know, what little like there's things that I don't always notice, you know, maybe anyway, but it allows me to do that. So like those are the kind of things that are unglamorous, like little tasks that we can do. Uh, And I think that's kind of really kind of what goes into that success. And if we could bring it back to like the metaphor of beating your your PR, making a PR on a segment, Mm -hmm. you know, like it's not just about going super crazy fast down that trail. You know, it may mean going and working at a pump track or it might mean maintaining your bike. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it, it, it just, it could mean a lot of things, you know, I don't know about you, but I want to say half the time that I PR a segment, I didn't feel like I was going that fast. And a lot of the times it's because it's an undramatic run which means it was a really smooth run, mm-hmm. you know, which so like I just had the cleanest, most undramatic lines, which a lot of times tends to be the fastest one. Um, so, yeah, anyway. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because, you know, in the segment videos as they're coming out, <clears throat> people are PRing, but what they don't see is the months and months of training that people have put in. Mm-hmm. I have I have athletes right now that have committed to the show but they're two months out because they're conditioning their, really? yeah, they're, okay. they're practicing their, their segments um, and really getting their times down. Interesting. Now, so I'm thinking about showing that aspect of that, like giving the folks a peek behind that so that, you know, it's just not every episode. There's a new segment and a new segment being one, mm-hmm. um, but that there's the actual hard work and there's the discipline that goes into committing yourself to, focusing on that goal and just doing what you can to get better at that, at that one thing. You know, it's, it's funny in, you know, in, in, in showbiz for, for many, many years, you never wanted to show how the sausage was made. (laughs) Right. (laughs) But YouTube is a different animal. Like that is what you want. That is like what we, what we love to see on YouTube. We love to see the sausage being made. And I, and I think that's kind of one of the things I really dig about the YouTube community of the YouTube world. Um, yeah. <laughs> so well, I think like, I think that's a great idea. I think you should do that. I'm going to do it. You heard it here, folks. I'm getting mentor <laughs> tips from Alan. This is uh, one of the, one of the things I was hoping to get off of this, this interview. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so take us back. Okay. You, you fall in love with mountain biking. Mm-hmm. You're, you're doing it more and more often. Um, and and then when did the the thought of bringing the stoke to to YouTube to social media what's what sparked that at, at one point did that happen? Well, I mean, I, I don't know if it's all it's probably already obvious to you and everybody else. I love to tell a story. Like I just like love to talk about stuff. Um, so I've always been a storyteller, and it was just kind of a natural progression from having a camera on me. Like, like I love GoPro. Like GoPro is the reason that I can do these things, right? Go to GoPro and YouTube. So it just, 
as soon as I started filming stuff, I think one of the very first videos I have, and I don't suggest anybody go look this up, but it's like <laughs> one of the earliest mountain biking videos. It's like 45 seconds long. And it's like, those of you, who uh, the Holder Crooks crew, you know, the four corners, there's like the gap jump. And um, <laughs> the story based, like there was, I just told this little tiny story where I wouldn't, I couldn't get myself to jump it. I would like come down and I would just like roll over the hump, right? And like clip one is me like rolling over it and like me going, yeah. And it's just like, <laughs> I think it just says like, it like freezes or something and just like no jump. And then the second one, I actually do it, but I case it and it just says like case. Um, <laughs> but I do it. So the, I mean, like in 45 seconds, I tell the story of like, I'm scared to hit this jump, but then I hit it. And when I hit it, I case the crap out of it, which is kind of like, it's kind of like the story of my life. The story hasn't changed, apparently. That's like, keep telling the same story. But uh, it started, you know, like it just kind of happened naturally. But then when I think when, when I really started wanting to do it as a legitimate channel was when I started hearing from people that it helped them. Hmm when it started when people when i started like re-envisioning the channel as a resource for for the mountain bike community for other people that are like me that are just like slightly less experienced than me to be able to learn from what i'm learning and also to just be able to like be stoked on it mm -hmm. like that's that was like you know that was that's a drug that's hard to put down yeah know? no that's that's great being able to help people and and bring value to them. That's no, that's no. what that's what brought me to you. <laughs> <laughs> I just saw Edwin um, cracked his helmet on that gap jump. I'm sorry to hear that. I hope you're all right, Edwin. <laughs> when when did that happen? Oh man, yeah. I've there's been some bad crashes on that jump, which is like kind of crazy because just it's just like this. Have you been to Holder Crooks, Mark? Not not yet, not yet. Okay. Trail Dogs MTB. I was gonna go out there with those guys um, one of these days soon. It, yeah, it's fun. Pretty gnarly out there? No, it's not gnarly. It's it is not gnarly at all. It's just like it's super fun. But there's a there's a couple of jumps that like you can get messed up on just because of the way they're set up. But yeah, there's nothing like there's nothing gnarly out there. But it's it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Then I'll be visiting it soon. <laughs> <laughs> you ride Greer though, don't you? I do. Yeah. I, yeah. I, if you ride Greer, then like yeah, Greer's Greer's got some. It's got some challenging things yeah, yeah. That, that place is a lot of fun and i feel like being a, a newish writer that that's a great place for me to kind of cut my teeth and oh yeah you know i'm on the brakes a lot more than i'm on the pedals it seems like but i i'm i'm, I'm using <laughs> off the brakes now which is which is opening up more stoke yeah heck yeah which is awesome hey i got a guy on here andrew chavers he is uh let me tell you a little bit about this guy maybe you have some tips for him he is on the Murrieta Valley High School mountain bike team, mm -hmm. uh, which is awesome. And uh, they've been they've been sidelined because of this whole COVID thing. Mm. But this kid, I see him leaving the neighborhood every single morning, just constantly training. And you know, it seems like with mountain biking, if you want to do it as a career, there's that aspect of being sponsored and being a writer. But it also seems like where this is in today's world, you can take it into so many different avenues. Um, maybe talk to um, talk to the different potentials of careers with uh, with this sport. Uh, wow, there's so many. 
I think with, I, I don't know too much about the industry other than just kind of what I'm gleaned from other people who are in the industry. It can be pretty tough. Uh, in the industry, there's just, uh, we're inside it, so we don't always see how small the, the industry is, specifically the mountain biking industry. The cycling industry in and of itself is, is not, it's big, but it's not huge. So there's just, specifically in mountain biking, there's not a ton of money. Uh, you and I come out of skateboarding. So, you know, it's, it's not unlike that where within skateboarding, it's like, it's, it seems huge, but like if, for instance, if you look at like skateboarding's like department at Nike mm -hmm. compared to like the basketball department at Nike, <laughs> like, yeah. like, you know, it's like, it's like yes, yeah. the skateboard is like in a closet and then, you yeah. know, you know, uh, and I yeah. think mountain biking is still kind of like that. So there's not a, you know, I mean, really, I, I hate to go straight to the money, but if we're talking about careers, that's really what you got to look at. That's the metric to look at. Mm -hmm. That being said, I think there's just an increasing appreciation within the industry for content creators. Um, you can see that in the way that mountain bike pros are doing more YouTube channels um, because the industry is kind of waking up to... Um, the need for just just like content coming out of their individual contributors. Mm. And so that's one way to go. I mean, it's essentially just being a YouTuber um, you and using mountain bike as your platform. But, you know, other than that, you know, you could become a wrench. Uh, I, I know people who have like at least gotten career started by being a wrench at a bike shop and then eventually like being a pro wrench. But that's also kind of like, that's kind of tough too, you know, uh, that's like being the sound guy for Metallica, right? Like, or, mm -hmm. or, you know, some other big popular band that the young kids know these days. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but like, yeah, I don't know. I, I hate to say it, but it's, it can be pretty tough um, to make a career, but I don't know. Like, I don't know what it looks like now. Like if you're, you know, if you're in high school and you have like your whole life in front of me and also don't, don't really listen to me. Okay. Who was it that was asking that you're uh, asking for Andrew? Uh, Andrew Chavers. Yeah. Andrew, do know that I'm an old man. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Who's halfway through his life. So I probably don't see the amount of potential that you have. Uh, so like, I think if, but, but here's what I would say. If you want to, if you have a passion for mountain biking, you can find a way, you can find a, a way to make it work. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. Because honestly, yeah. content creation is not for everybody. You know, being a content creator, you you have to be willing to put yourself out there. You got to develop a really tough skin. You have to start becoming like business smart. There's just a, there's a lot to it. And that can be attractive to somebody, those kind of challenges. So, yeah. Yeah. No, that's, boy, it's so true. You release a video out there and you're got it on your social media platforms and you're just waiting for the first view and, and, and there's nobody watching it yet. <laughs> you know? yep, yep. And then you get somebody an hour later, like, Whoa. <laughs> yeah. I, what I think is funny is like, I'll have like a bunch of likes on a video and I'll, as soon as I get like one dislike, I'm like, <laughs> you know, it'll be like 98.7% likes to like dislikes. And I'll like be thinking about that, like that, like 1.3%. I'm like, like, you know, you'll be driving down the street. Like, what the heck did they not yeah. like? <laughs> yeah. I'm just, I mean, I'm not like that anymore. I've like, I actually kind of, I, I actually 
love the, the dislikes as much as I like the likes because it's just engagement. Yeah. Um, I, but I used to be like that. Like I used to be like, like maybe you didn't like my radio. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it uh, looks like Andrew says, uh, too cool. He says, thank you very much, which, which is great. Uh, got an idea here from James Anos. He says, I bet the segment could host their own ride slash race in SoCal. Hmm. That could be, that could be something. Um, I, I think it's really interesting that people are starting to like figure out ways to do like social, either like socially distance racing or remote racing in some way. You know, actually I was, I was kind of, I don't know if I should be talking about this, but I was talking with an, um, an organization about setting up some sort of remote race or ride or something like that, or almost like a competition sort of thing that you would do through Strava and social media or something like that. Yeah. So I think like there's like a lot of creative ways to do that. That can definitely be done. You know, Isaiah Bernstein here says he'd definitely be in. He says, I'd race. So yeah, I mean, people are out there on the trails. Um, a lot of folks are using Strava. If it happened to be Strava, for example, yeah, uh, that would be a great way to measure your times and and mm -hmm. put the trail on a certain segment. And you know, you let's just let's plan this right now. I'm not I'm okay. not going to do it, but let's plan this right now. <laughs> okay, let's do it. You just gotta all you gotta do is you gotta make a club. Okay. Right. You make a club on Strava, and then. Um, you maybe even like make your own segment that is the the race route okay and then from like you 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 saw like i don't know like if you, if you make it i don't know if everybody can immediately see it uh you'd have to check on this okay. but if you could do that and then say okay the route has been released and then and then people and it would be like an established thing but you like make your own segment or something like that but then between this time and this time or this weekend or within this week, you got to do the, the segment. And then because it's the club, you'll, it'll auto do your leaderboard. Yeah. I like it. I wrote, I wrote all that down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know if that'll work. It's just, uh, I'm just kind of spitballing right now, but yeah, that would you be know, cool. That would be cool. I mean, and then even with the whole aspect of you could do an entry fee for a, a purse or, mm. or something, or, or even get like some local bike shops to, to uh, maybe sponsor it, and they could put oh. put in some put in some gear for some podium spots or what have you. Now but I, I think that could be done. Alan, let's uh, let's dive into that a little bit more at a, at another time. Maybe that is something yeah. we can really do. That would be a great idea. Thank you, James Annos, for that for that idea. Um, let's see. Going back to the board here, Edwin Granados. I'm a noob, but I do it to get some experience under my belt. That's awesome. Idea. They have races with a chip you put on your bike and you can run it as many times as you want mm -hmm. between a certain time period and the yep. winner is announced after an hour. Interesting. So the yeah. concept is kind of there, huh? Yeah, those open open race runs are, are pretty interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And you just, you, your fastest time is the one that they keep. It's cool. I like it. I like it. You know, and I think with Obviously, there you know, footballs come back, but a lot of people aren't watching it. There's, you know, political reasons why they are, and pol political reasons why they are not. Mm -hmm. um, but I think that kids um, and adults and just people who are into sports, there's a void there that um, we could potentially fill by just you know doing some things like like this. 
totally. putting a, a fun family race on, maybe even talk to a brewery and have it like a fun race, you know, mm-hmm. would be another one, uh, another segment we could do. But um, anyway, just spitballing ideas. <laughs> <laughs> Sausages um, being made. Sausages <laughs> being made. <laughs> Sausages being made. Um, Alan, so I know we only have about 10 minutes left in the show. Um, I, I really wanted to see if we can get into, you know, what's next for Alan MTB. I know that mm. um, we, we kind of took everybody through the journey of how you fell in love with mountain biking and the community of mountain biking, um, the trails and the love and respect for the trails. Um, but now where you are on your multiple platforms, um, you know, you are one of the folks that we look up to on YouTube to get and glean information on trails. You and you and Tony from the Outsiders channel do a really good job with this. Um, but what's next for Alan MTB? Um, in terms of the channel, I'm just going to, I want to start varying the content more. Like actually that's what I've been doing, you know, for the last couple of months. Um, I, if I just want to get more into the storytelling, more into getting back to making more like resource oriented content. Like that's why I did the five tips. Um, uh, but I, I don't do a lot of planning, <laughs> um, you know, kind of, uh, we were talking about like success and, and whatnot, you know, a couple of times. And I tend to like look at successes and wins as like, like things that I like to be surprised by. Um, you know, like I, uh, just so you know, like, um, Mark and I had like an email conversation about like me going and doing a segment, but I, I never try to PR a segment because a, that's, that's usually when I get hurt. Um, right. but the one thing I didn't say is like, I love to be surprised, you know, at, at the end of a ride when I upload my segment or my, my, my Strava and I'm like, Oh, look, I got a, I got a PR there. Um, so that's kind of, that's generally how I approach life. I just, I try to do, um, I try to do good work and then uh, uh, see where that good work leads me to and also use the work to reveal more of myself to myself. Mm. And that usually kind of leads me to what I want to do next. If I can talk about like long term. um, So I recently met in person my first like uh, big time YouTuber. And it's not somebody like in mountain biking. He just happened to be mountain biking. But he and his wife have a channel that has, I want to say, 2 million subscribers or something oh, like that. Holy cow. You know, and if I do the math um, of my ad, just just my ad revenue from YouTube, and I like multiply that out with, with an exponential aspect to it, to not even 2 million, but like say like 100,000, I could maybe make a living off of that. Mm. So I would love to get to the point where that's kind of my dream at some point is to be a full-time mountain bike YouTuber or just full-time YouTuber. But I do kind of have golden handcuffs at the, at the moment. Um, meaning I have a, like a really good paying job and uh, yeah, all that. So, and I have like a wife and a, a daughter in college. So there's a lot of things there. Like I can't just like live on like, like not a lot of money so that i would love to do that 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 would be I, and i think like meeting that that person um no it wasn't bcpov but uh that guy's rad i got to, i don't know if you know i got to ride with bcpov and yuka uh up at santa's village we and at greer like 
really rad people, so down to earth. Um, but uh, uh, there was just something about meeting somebody that has that many subscribers and just them kind of being a real human meets person um, and and kind of chatting with them about what the numbers look like. Like you think like, okay, if I have a hundred subscribers, this is what my views look like. Or like, I think if you get a thousand subscribers right around there, you can start uh, getting Monet. ad revenue. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You can start monetizing and you're like, okay, now I'm making $2 a month. Cool. And then you start thinking like, well, if I have, if I have a thousand subscribers now and then I have 10,000 subscribers, does that mean I'm going to make $20 a month? But it doesn't work like that. It's like, it's exponential, mm. right? You start making $2 a month. And when you have like 10 times as many subscribers, you don't make 10 times as much money. You make like a fair bit more. It's, it's still not much, <laughs> but like, I would love to see that. Yeah. That that's, where awesome. to, that's where I'd love to end up. That would be awesome. Well, you, you definitely tell a, a great story on your YouTubes and, and it seems like um, you're also kind of marrying this with a potential, well, you're actually doing the podcast now. I've actually listened to one on uh, Spotify, I believe, mm. is where I is where I caught one of your podcasts. Are you are you uh, encapsulating that into a certain uh, direction? The podcast, or it's kind of in a rebirth phase right now. I'm not really sure where it's going. I'm I'm kind of following the same format that I'd been doing previously, but I'm I was trying to give it a little bit more. I was trying to enrich it a little bit more by doing it fewer times like every other week instead of every week mm -hmm. um and i wanted to bring more guests on um but i'm a little shy about that for some reason like i i'm always like who am i to ask so and so to like be on my podcast um but i think i'm just gonna i kind of went old school with it again like a couple of times like it used to be like in the truck like driving to get coffee mm -hmm. um yeah, I'm not really sure what I'm going to do with it yet. Uh, I'm still kind of like reforming that. I don't know if you like, you saw like Paul the punter took like a break from from YouTubing for a little bit to kind of rethink his channel. Mm -hmm. That's kind of where I'm at with the, with the Airhorn podcast. Um, I know I've got something good there. I've got like a really nice following there, um, but I want to I want to do something good there. But it's really different, you know, because it, we're not creating content and then editing it and then publishing it we're like doing live con we're doing like this you know yeah. and and i feel like it's i'm still trying to getting get my head around like how do you do that in a way that's not just good but has its own niche does its own kind of thing that's a little bit different than what anybody else is doing mm -hmm. you know earlier we were talking about um doing this that you love and and telling the story and following people who have been successful you know uh, you probably heard recently Joe Rogan, the the, the big podcast mm -hmm. uh, guy. He sold his um, he sold his channel for a hundred million dollars to Spotify, mm -hmm. and uh, that's uh, in, in his platform. He does it like like we're doing it now. He has a guest on, but then it actually goes over to YouTube as well. So you're getting the podcast or the YouTube. So if you're in the car yeah. or if you're in the office, you could see both. So. I can see the air horn doing something like that. I think you had one where you did, uh, it was like straight, you're having a cup of coffee and you were talking about things at the coffee shop or something. <laughs> that, uh, well, I used to, I, the way it started, I used to be called raw vlogs and I used to just, I was trying to find a way to utilize the time that I spend driving to work in the morning. 
mm. right? Like to, how can I use this time to create content? And, um, I, at, the, at first I just put my phone on the dashboard and talk to it and then publish that. And it was like it 12 to 15 minutes for me to get to the coffee house before I got to work. And I would just spiel. Um, and I was actually surprised that people actually liked that and it kind of just grew out of that. So that's maybe what you're talking about is like going to the coffee house. That's it. Yep. That's the one. Yeah. That's the one. So then Airhorn was kind of something separate, but you're now, I guess we'll wait and see what you come yeah. up with there. That'll be <laughs> exciting to see what you do. Yeah. <laughs> um, we have Isaiah says, Alan, do you do skill classes or training sessions to train up new writers? Ooh, that's a good question. Uh, I don't, I'm not. I'm not, I don't think I'm anywhere near qualified to, to teach anybody how to ride. That being said, I'm working, <laughs> that being said, I'm working on a video right now for like five mistakes, like beginning mountain bikers make on jumps <laughs> just because I'm that and I can speak to that, but like actually training somebody, um, I wouldn't feel good about doing it because I haven't done any like training courses, like, like very specific things. Um, but yeah, and if you do take training from anybody, like make sure that they have some sort of certification or something like that. Um, uh, like the reason I say that is because I was a CrossFit trainer for for several years, oh. and I went through a lot of training and did a lot of studies to like really know how to work with people in, uh, doing CrossFit movements um, and keeping people safe and just kind of like working with people that way. And if I were to do like mountain biking coaching, I would want to approach it with the same level of care and, and attention. Mm, that makes sense. Well, while we're on that CrossFit subject real quick, what do you think about, um, the training for mountain biking to stay in shape? Mountain biking definitely does that, but what about marrying some kind of CrossFit to your mountain biking? What do you think? Yeah, about I, I think everybody should do some sort of training outside of mountain biking, partly because, it's it's good to use mountain biking to like get yourself fitter to like reduce your you know the amount of fat in in your body um get stronger and that sort of stuff but because it's a i i don't i don't mean this in a bad way but it's kind of an unnatural uh position for us to be in i mean it's not as bad as road cycling um but uh it's nice to do training that has corrective aspects to it um, things that like open up your hip, open up your chest and your shoulders, um, because it's really easy for us to kind of get here and our hips to get kind of cramped up. Mm -hmm. So doing training that has kind of these kind of opening aspects and gives you, uh, helps you build muscle, I think is great, uh, because those will also translate back to you being a better rider, um, and also having more muscle mass and more mobility. That's one of the things people forget about is working on their, their flexibility and mobility, um, all those things will really help you if like when you crash. Mm. Yeah. No, that's, that's smart. Um, the healthier and stronger you are, the quicker you can come back from, from an injury as well. Totally. Totally. So man, we Alan, we are at a time We're at, we're at eight o'clock right now. Um, let everybody know out there on YouTube, who's going to see this in, in the, in the years to come, you know, where, where can people learn more about Alan? Where, where can they find you? Uh, on YouTube, just uh, search for MTB Allen, uh, like just like it says under my name there. Let me see if I can point to it. Yeah. That, just, search for, <laughs> just search for that. That's that's the easiest way to find me on YouTube. Uh, on Instagram, somebody has MTB Allen. No. So you have to do MTB underscore Allen. I don't know how many people have been tagged 
have tagged that person, <laughs> but it's <laughs> MGB like underscore Allen. Um, and those are the two, the two places to find me. Uh, and if you're interested in the podcast, like the Airhorn podcast, I think if you search for like Airhorn MTB or Airhorn Allen, I show up like pretty high on the list. Um, not everybody's into that, but if you want to check that out too. Excellent. Yeah, guys, I, I've definitely checked those out. It's great content. Um, once again, guys, my guest here, Alan, MTB Allen, thank you so much for everything you're doing. And uh, man, thank you for being so cool and, and agreeing to be on this. I mean, I just by chance threw it out there and uh, you responded back. So I, I really appreciate it. What a cool guy. Uh, thank you so much. This is my pleasure, man. It's, it's been really, it's really cool talking to you and, and just kind of meeting you. Yeah. Nice. Definitely nice to meet you too. Let's do this again. And totally. uh, I'd love to get out on the trails with you. So uh, let's, let's see if we can get that going. And, and who knows, maybe we will even have uh, MTB Allen slash segment uh, race out there in the near future. <laughs> just, don't, just don't tell me we're doing it. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be a surprise. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're going down this trail. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, thank you everybody for tuning in. I really appreciate it. If there's no other last questions for Alan, we'll give him a couple seconds here. And if there isn't, we'll go ahead and sign off. And uh, we really appreciate you guys being on here. And uh, Alan, it's nice to meet you. We'll see if anybody chimes in sure. and I think they are actually I don't want how much do you have time because I see a really good question from trail dogs MTB absolutely yes which is what's a good way to stay committed to getting good footage content versus just losing yourself in the ride so to speak oh that is a good one do you have time yeah, let's go for it. That's I, great I love this question um, because that is the thing like as a mountain biker who loves the mountain bike and a, and somebody who loves to tell stories on video um, is like something that I struggled with for a while. Um, it's going to be a personal, like you're a personal system. But for me, the, the thing was to find a system of filming that has the least amount of impact on your day of riding. That's one way to do it. That's why like I wear a full face helmet anytime I ride, even if I'm climbing in Laguna, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, I did the San Juan trail. I did, I climbed the San Juan trail to uh, cocktail rock with a full face helmet on wow. um, because I wear the camera on my chin. Um, but that's because like when I used to use a chest mount, I hated wearing the chest mount and I would only wear the chest mount to film. So I would do like four or five runs and film them and then put the camera away. So I wouldn't have much content to work with. So find a way that is, uh, has a, a low impact way, but also gets good footage. And for me, that's the chin mount. Um, and I've done videos on that. Like, you know, you can just take your helmet off and film people, all that kind of stuff. You can just look at whatever you want to film. Um, that's one way to do it. Another way to do it is just be okay with just dedicating a day to filming. Um, uh, we talked about it earlier the day, uh, Tony and I went and filmed, uh, the sky park video where they gave us the keys to the kingdom. Um, we knew we weren't going to get a lot of runs. We knew it wasn't going to be a normal day on the trail, but we also just kind of fell in love with uh we, we you know instead of losing ourselves to the ride we lost ourselves to the process of producing a video 
Yeah. That's nice he said. And if 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 that's a pain to you, being a content creator might not be your bag. Um, if if you're like you have to love the craft, and that's that's part of the craft. Just like doing those nasty climbs to, on an enduro day is part of your day mountain biking. Those days, like that is part of the craft of, of being a content creator. Alan, when you go out there, like on a day you're out there with Tony, did you have ideas of content that you wanted to get before you got there? I mean, did you envision it on the drive to the location as far as a content creator's perspective? <laughs> that was an interesting one because we were both making a video, right? Right. And we both needed to make the video we wanted to make out of the footage that we captured. Right? <laughs> right. So we had to do a little bit of negotiating. So um, I basically had a story outline in my head, which is what you see in that video, which is like me imagining into the future, like what I'm going to do. Yes. And Tony had his idea, which was like Sky Park gave us the keys to the kingdom, you know. Um, and uh, and so we both kind of discussed that. And then and then when we were there, we we knew like we discussed it and then we we basically organized around if we both film this type of content like the third person shots and the follow cam and all that kind of stuff can we both make our episodes out of that footage and we we kind of talked about it and we we're like yeah i think we can um and then the only thing we needed to do was to film like the intro like you know this you might know that couch behind me from the from that episode oh is that um, where that was shot yeah it was <laughs> he's yeah, looking at but- He's looking at the magazine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which is still over, still over there, actually. But um, uh, yeah, and I think, and then he ended up filming his intro there too. Um, yeah. Did he? Yeah, I believe so. Um, he had the keys. It was two different ones. One was you were looking at a magazine, or he was looking at a magazine. The other one. Yeah. Yeah, but, we were just kind of hanging out. Yeah, that's right. And he was like wanted me to now he's Marinera. Now he's Tony Marinera. I don't know. If he, <laughs> no, like, he changed it. <laughs> yeah, that's we that's what like like I always call him Marinera now. I'm like, what's up, Marinera? Um, <laughs> but uh yeah, and so like we just made that happen. Like like I don't think he was planning on doing the intro on the couch, but then like once I filmed mine, he was like, Oh, I think I'm gonna do mine too. So that's how that worked out. That, that's really cool. You know, I, I think maybe something to add to that, at least from my perspective, I I always try to think as I'm driving to the trail, if I'm if I have the cameras with me, you know, what is it that I'm trying to bring to the viewer? So if it's a segment, it's going to be I'm going to highlight a specific trail. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe for yours, it's it's you're bringing rad videos every week. So when you're getting a chance to to shoot, you know, you're thinking of what rad aspects of this video to bring the stoke to you. Um, for Tony, as an example, maybe Tony's is he's bringing the maps to life, as he yeah. says in his. And, uh, and trail dogs, you know, those guys are awesome. If you don't, if you ever get a chance to ride with them, I highly suggest it. Um, they're just a bunch of fun, rad dudes that are out there to have (laughs) a great time. And, you know, you go out there with them and everyone's hooting and hollering and where'd that guy go, you know, and then you're going back to try to find them. And, uh, it's just a blast. So, so maybe (laughs) that aspect is how can I, maybe for him, maybe he is losing himself in the film. Mm-hmm. And just and just bringing the stoke right through the screen, you know. Yeah, it's it's possible. Yeah. So I don't ever. I actually rarely plan my videos out. I, I I like, for me, like they're 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 somewhat they're somewhat vlogish, in that like I'm just kind of telling you about like where I'm at and and what happened, 
And that's kind of going back to that like task that I do where I like, I call it logging my footage where I go through all my stuff, you know, and just read all that because then it just kind of lets me see the story. And then I usually kind of pull a story out of it, you know, mm -hmm. uh, I, I kind of like to do it that way. I, I like it to be like a self-reflection. Um, I know like Paul, when Paul the punter does a video, it's a production. Like if you go on a ride, I've, I haven't done it, but I like have no talk to people who have done it. If you go on a ride with Paul the punter, when he's filming a video, you're out there for six hours and you're just getting shots. You're not like riding, you know, wow. whereas like, I don't, I don't plan it. You know, I just go and I like try to capture like, I like literally what I, you know, you said earlier, like that's what I do is I try to like capture the stoke and bring it to the channel. I love it. I love it. But that's my, that's my, that's my way of doing it, you know? And I think like there's, uh, what's cool is there's like so many different ways to do it and it's cool. Yeah. I, I love it. All the sausage being made. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we may have another question from sure. uh, Dogs MTB. If, if that, if that wasn't the one, I'm not sure if it is yeah. guys, go ahead and type that in for us so we could see it. I should say I did get really good advice from BCPOV from Eric. Um, and that actually affected how I started editing my videos mm. where he suggested not only log the footage, but write, write out a script of like what happened that day. Um, because there's times when like you don't have the footage to connect the two pieces together. And mm -hmm. so a bit of voiceover really kind of helps that. So, uh, yeah. So like he, he kind of gave me that advice. It's funny. I actually like pushed back for a bit. We were like, we were like having dinner and he was like, yeah, you should really write a script. And I was like, no, I don't like that. And Yuka was like, yeah, I don't write a script. I just do whatever. And I was like, yeah, I'm like Yuka, me and Yuka, we, we do it the same way. And then later on I was like, mm, I think I'm going to see what I'm going to do it the way Eric does it. <laughs> and then you can see now Yuka does like her, her stuff is more scripted now, not her videos, but she has more of like a voiceover to her videos. now. So she took his advice advice too so yeah that's awesome do what eric does <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome there was a I, I saw a video from a guy called writing with bobo i don't know if you've had a chance to Biking see with bobo yeah Biking with bobo oh yeah and, totally and he scripts out his stuff too he he yeah. has like the full movie script things that they mm -hmm. that they roll through he comes out of that that's like his his former industry is like yeah yeah wow yeah, yeah so his he, stuff is really He's funny because he comes off as like this big goofy guy. And I think he, I think he is like kind of that, but he's, he's, a, he's a smart dude. Yeah. I mean, his thumbnails and everything is just, I feel like I'm watching, a, you know, something on that could be on television as well as yeah. stuff. Um, let's see. I, I think that was it from the trail dogs. Yeah. So, um, but again, Alan, thanks again, man. I really appreciate it. Let's do this again. Totally. Tagline, that would be awesome. And um, guys, you know, um, my tagline is always bet on yourself because all that hard work will always pay off. And uh, you have Alan here with, go ahead, Alan. No, I was just going to say, I, lo I love that. That's great. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Um, and then you have Alan. He brings the stoke to you and is very true. So if you haven't had a chance to watch his videos, please like and subscribe, comment, and then hit that little uh uh, notification bell on there so you can see when new content comes out. All right, guys. Thanks again, everybody, for being on. Uh, thank you, Alan. Always a pleasure to watch you, but actually get to talk to you. And let's get on the trails together. Let's do it. Heck yeah. Awesome. Woohoo.
All right, guys. Have a good night. Thanks again, everyone. Bye, everybody.